This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Let's talk line five and the future of line five and what this announcement yesterday means to the future of line five. As I told you, Canada has formally invoked the 1977 pipeline treaty with the United States in a bid to prevent Michigan from turning off the taps on line five. The foreign affairs minister said... Um, that pipeline treaty guarantees the uninterrupted transit of light crude oil and natural gas liquids between the two countries. Okay, so let's get some details on, on how this works and what it might mean. We're going to chat now with Dave Yeager. Dave, of course, is an energy policy analyst, an oil and gas writer, and author of From Miracle to Menace, Alberta, A Carbon Story. Dave, thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciate your time. Uh, good morning. So this treaty, um, how come I haven't heard of it before? If this has always been sort of in the back pocket, we went through Keystone, now we're into Enbridge Line 5. Why yeah. is this suddenly being leveraged now? Well, this is a throwback to another era when security of supply mattered. And that's the, the, the future of pipelines has always been an environmental date uh, debate, not an energy supply debate. But back in the 1970s, during the OPEC years, uh, su- supplies of energy of any kind were critical. So the, the treaty dates back to there were big discoveries in Alaska on Prudhoe Bay in the United States, and they wanted to get this oil to the lower 48. So the original concept was a pipeline from a, from one end of the United States to the other, very much like Line 5, which is, carries oil from one end of Canada to the other. So the treaty was was put in place to ensure that if America did build a pipeline from Alaska to the to the lower 48, that Canada would honor the treaty and never interrupt their supply of oil. And so we've never, we've never really had to deal with it. Right, yeah. There's been lots of oil all over the world. And I think if you look at the negotiation, this treaty came up when, uh, when, uh, when Whitmer brought up the Line 5 issue. And, of course, it is a security supply issue. It's not just an environmental issue that everybody focuses on, as they have certainly for most of this century. It's security of supply for southern Ontario and Quebec and northern Michigan and refiners in eastern Michigan right into uh, uh, in that area. But, but this is, we've changed the channel. So I think the government of Canada has, and, and the producers and Enbridge have always known about this treaty. But in this negotiation, since it started, they've, they've been trying common sense and mediation and everything. But because when you play the big chip, there's no other chip behind this, I guess, in the negotiation. If this doesn't work well, that's probably the end of the trail. They've been trying to get the, uh, the state or the government of, of uh, the United States involved. They've been trying to get D.C. involved. Of course, Whitmer and Biden are, are soulmates. And yeah. so uh, Washington has very strategically tried to stay out of this. But this, they can't do that any longer uh, now that this, uh, this international treaty has been put into play. Okay, so is this a, a last-ditch Hail Mary, pull out all the stops, and maybe it'll work? Or does the language in this treaty give us a pretty good leg to stand on here in this country and saying, hey, you've got to follow this and, and we've got a shot at saving Line 5 because of this? Well, I don't know what if, if if they do it anyway. I don't know what you can do beyond that. Right. Uh, you know, this is a nation to nation treaty uh, between the countries that are supposed to be the greatest friends on earth, the longest unshared border. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Instead yes. of all the stuff we grew up on, you know. And so, if in the end 
that the United States uh, government, this, and this is going again, this is going to D.C., this is out of Michigan's hand. If the government of the United States decides that this issue, this state issue in Michigan supersedes a transporter international security supply treaty, you know, at that point, I, I don't know what we can do. We can't exactly invade or anything like that. But it does, it does really put the whole thing into another arena. Of course, because it is uh, transnational, not, not, uh, not just state, uh, this, of course, brings into question treaties from all over the world. I mean, we've got issues of, of gas supplies through the Ukraine and Europe, which is... So it'd be, it's the sort of thing that, that does really bring the focus back to where it belongs. Is well bad? Hey, that, dog, that, that ship has sailed. Sure it is. Is it a pipeline? Is there a risk of a spill? Of course there's a risk of a spill bill. But the point is, is that you've got literally millions of people in southern Ontario and parts of, of the United States, depending on this, to live through the winter. Is that is that still important or not? That's the, I think that's really the nadir of what we're talking about here today. Um, how exactly does it work? Okay, because we've had court challenges, we've had mediation talks, we've had all this stuff. Now, from my understanding, all that goes away now, and the two federal governments are forced to sit down and come to a resolution on this. Do I have that right? I, I believe that's the that is why it was the last chip. That's why they tried mediation first. They tried to yeah. deal with it at the state level, tried to deal it with uh, with other levels, and uh, pol- the politics of the environmental politics of uh, of of line five are huge in Michigan. It, go, it goes back to the regrettable spill uh, of six B, I believe, was the pipeline in uh, Kalamazoo in, in twenty ten. And and there's the belief that energy is boundless and ener- and uh, everywhere. Uh, that there's never going to be a shortage, but I think it's it's sort of interesting if you're framing an events in Europe and Asia right now, where in fact there is our energy shortages occurring in the 21st century, if you can imagine. And, and the whole fundamental of uh, modern civilization is when you hit the switch on the wall, the power is supposed to come on, yeah, right? Yeah. When you want to fuel up your vehicle, there's something to put in it. And so if you need energy, whether it comes from coal or oil or gas or wind or solar, is secondary. So we've taken supplies of energy and this uh, this century have become taken for granted, so we can pick and choose. But this is a situation where they're going to put uh, the supply at risk. For example, when this originally first came up, the producer said, uh, you know, the originally the the uh, oil went. In 1949, the pipeline was built from Hardesty to Superior, Wisconsin, which is on the west end of Lake Superior, the lakehead. And then it went by tanker to Sarnia, and then they put in Line 5 because that was impractical. So everybody said, well, we can ship by tanker. Well, you can't do that year-round in the Great Lakes. Or we can ship by truck or rail. Well, okay, and this goes back to all the debates we've had about pipelines. Well, well, exactly. we'll get them some oil or import it down the St. Lawrence and on and on and on. The, the alternatives are not ultimately insurmountable, but just disruption in cost. Would be- this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. 
because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Enormous. Yeah, and the environmental concerns remain. Now, you mentioned um, the energy problems that we saw what happened in the UK and other places, but but it wasn't that long ago Joe Biden was going to OPEC and saying we need more oil. I mean, it's that disconnect. Um, and even yesterday, Whitmer saying she's profoundly disappointed that Canada would take this step. It seems like they're immovable on this. Well, there's politics and then there's facts. I mean, I believe if I'm history and reading up on this treaty, I believe Biden voted for this. That's how long he's been in Washington. I believe he voted for this treaty Treaty as a junior senator in the, in the late 70s. Hey, but that was how many elections? Sure, ago, exactly, you know? yeah. And Whitmer's got her her, her tribe in, in Michigan. She's uh, ran against the pipeline. She's got election coming up. And, of course, that it, the, the point is, is politics is about finding your voters and making sure they come out uh this is the challenge with the energy debate in the in the in the 21st century it's become because of climate and the environment has become so politicized yeah. and that energy has been taken of any kind has been taken for granted uh, common sense left the barn uh years ago and so so it uh, this this treaty because of the structure of the treaty and the way it was it was meant to protect American energy supplies from one end of America to the United States. The, the line it was meant to protect is identical to the Line 5 issue. So we'll just see how much more, uh, how many more blinders can be put on <laughs> as the history of this treaty is, emerges and why it exists in the first place and why the United States signed it. This is, uh, could be, would hopefully be embarrassing at some point. Well, at some point, you would think, but like you say, logic and reason has sort of been abandoned in, in the face of politics here. And even if it, even if it hurts you, economically and, you know, in terms of your energy supply, it doesn't matter. If that's what the political base demands, that's what they're going to do. Uh, there's a lot of that going around. Uh, yeah. but I do think I do think with what we're seeing um, with the global energy situation in unfolding, um, a lot of it's to do with, with, with climate politics. A lot of it's to do with COVID. I mean, there's some restart issues all over the place. But if you look at the shortage of natural gas in Europe, well, they tried to, they tried to develop natural gas uh, by fracking in the U.K. years ago. Boris Johnson, the current U.K. Uh, prime minister, is on the record of supporting fracking. But again, that was before the wind changed, the political winds changed. Uh, uh, Francois Legault, uh, for example, he was all for LNG exports until he thought it might cost him votes, so he killed uh, the Second Aid Project in July. So th- it's incredible. But if you get enough people that are suffering from energy poverty yeah. or energy shortages or skyrocketing bills, I mean, that's the great thing about politics is the old, you know, the old saying, find a parade and get in front of it. So exactly. as soon as enough people say, well, wait a second here. I mean, I didn't know that I wasn't going to be able to get gasoline. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, and, and you have to risk, you have to risk weight it. There's the perception that pipelines are unbelievably risky. But look at the risk we tolerate every day. 1.2 million people die every day in road accidents or annually in road accidents. Nobody's banning the automobile on and on and on i mean it is uh there's this separate category of uh of of environmental risk that that, that apparently is unacceptable yet we put up with enormous quantities of risk on multiple quarters every day that aren't as politicized any idea on timelines we know the pace that government moves at <laughs> ridiculously slow any idea how long this might take to get some sort oh, of resolution? <laughs> With the grace of God, it'll take forever. I mean, you know, I mean, well, no, but maybe, maybe they'll just let the tunnel go ahead. I mean, yeah, Anchorage yeah. has put uh, hundreds of millions of dollars on the books to to do. Uh, I call it the sarcophagus method: is to tunnel under, uh, right under the lake bed, put a big uh, concrete liner in there, and uh, replace the line. And of course, they blocked that too. 
And so it's it's really really it's the same thing as, as Europe. Europe short of LNG, and Quebec says you can't have it for environmental reasons, so they're burning coal instead. I mean, if you're looking for common sense in this whole debate, it, it doesn't make no. any. But the good news is about uh, about when you look at all the other issues that are facing Canada and Washington are on a given day. That is one thing. Your 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 analysis that uh, this could take a while is pretty sage, actually. <laughs> I, <laughs> this, uh, I think a year or two could slide by without an outcome, and it it, extra- it does it as you said in your intro, which is well done. It would appear this extracts it from the current process, which is uh, which is good. Yeah, get the politics out of it for a while at least. Dave, thanks so much for your time today. Appreciate it. Well, it's, uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for the call. Hopefully, I was helpful. Absolutely, certainly were. Thank you very much, Dave. Bye. That is Dave Yeager, who is a uh, a researcher and a writer on oil and gas issues and an author.